Well, happy Easter, everyone. If you have your, uh, a few moments, go ahead and get your Bible out, and let's get your, uh, get your notes out and get a, get a pen that's provided for you. If you didn't bring a pen or uh, pencil this morning, we're going to look into crowning achievement. Why Easter gives us hope. I want to thank the, the band and the tech crew, and boy, we got a lot of people make to make this uh, make this service possible. I want to thank everyone, and uh, want you to follow along just in the next few moments um, as we look at crowning achievement. Why Christ rising from the dead gives us hope, and we're going to look at that in just a, just a few moments. There was a um, there was one Easter Sunday. There was a dad father who was teaching his son how to, uh, how to drive. And out of nowhere, a rabbit jumped right in front of their car. And the poor kid, he was only 15 years old, just screamed, slammed on the brakes, screamed out loud, I ruined Easter. I nearly killed the Easter bunny. And the, and the father calmly looked over at him and said, it's okay, son, you missed it by a hair. I am really glad that the Easter Bunny's not dead. I am super glad that Christ is not dead. And this is a pretty exciting day. Last Easter, 12 months ago, I stood in this sanctuary, and the sanctuary is filled today. Last Easter, I preached, and there was only one person in the sanctuary. We were closed, obviously, for, for, reason, uh, for COVID. In fact, I've got a couple pictures there. Guys, if you go ahead and put the, put the picture up on the screen. Um, I preached, Jesus is, and it was a powerful, powerful, and the picture's coming here in a second. Uh, I preached a series, Jesus is, and... Um, it was last Easter, and I'm hoping we have those photos because I want you to see it. It was really, really good. There we go. All right, we got it. So there's, well, yeah. It was there. There we go. There we go. That was, uh, that was my audience. There was only one guy in the audience that I preached to, and it was really, really, really crazy. <laughs> I asked Pastor John, John, i got to have somebody in the audience. Can you please just sit and listen to me preach? And, and, and... There's Pastor John. I hope I don't put you to sleep this Easter. But think about it. Last year, there was no one. We were isolated. We were in lockdown, practicing social distancing and wearing masks. And, and here we are, Easter, a year later. And look, I really do believe. Yeah, let's put your hands together. I really do believe we're entering into a new season. 
we're, 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 we're close and there's a new day. And I think that, that, that this Easter is really, really symbolic. That, that, that not only Christ gives us a living hope through his resurrection, but he gives us a little bit of hope that uh, things are changing. We're going to get back to a little bit of normalcy. Can I, can I hear an amen? amen. We're, in a, we're in a year-long series here at the church and it's called Heroes. And we are, we are teaching every single week on some of the great heroes of the faith. I mean, you know, Noah and Moses and Esther. And I am delighted that today we get to talk about the greatest hero of all. His name is Jesus Christ. And he is a stud. And he is a man that we can all look to and learn from and live by. And so he's the hero of all heroes. So for our year-long series, man, this is the, this is the climax. This is, the, this, is, this is it. Our hero is Jesus Christ. And we're going to look at that today. And I'm glad that we can honor him and we can, uh, we can put him up on a pedestal as the hero of all heroes. You know, I was, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was looking for material. Um, I was looking for some things that I could use for, for Easter Sunday. And, you know, it's the same message, but you got to have to, you got to kind of doctor it up every year and make it come alive. And so I was so excited that when I was standing in Publix uh, to buy a, a chicken I was getting ready to grill uh, for the family, and I looked over to my left, and there on the newsstand was a, a National Geographic. I was so excited because when I saw the title... The title says, The Most Influential Figures in History. And I thought to myself, oh, God, you are so good. You've given me sermon material. Because obviously, National Geographic, uh, just somehow they're going to acknowledge that Jesus has got to be the most influential leader in history, and I was so excited. So I went home, I grilled the chicken, put, the, put together the meal and fed everybody. And then I, I sat down on my chair and I was just so excited. I just couldn't wait to see that National Geographic is going gonna, is gonna to give me some Easter sermon material. And they're going to they're gonna acknowledge that, yeah, there's some great leaders in the world, but Jesus has got to be number one. And I started to flip through the magazine. Well, they have Caesar Augustus on the, on the front page. They, they talked about Confucius. They talked about Alexander the Great, they talked about Hannibal, they talked about King Saron, who I never even heard of, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, Buddha, Socrates, Julius Caesar, Constantine, and even Justin Bieber. No, just kidding. <laughs> and as I was flipping through the magazine, I just kept thinking to myself, Jesus is going to be in the center page. I mean, Jesus is going to be the highlight. I just know it. And I kept flipping through, and I was absolutely dismayed that at the very end, they gave Jesus a quarter page. Mm. Are you kidding me? Jesus Christ, the most influential leader of all time, didn't even get a half a page in the National Geographic. So I did a little research. National Geographic is, is a company, and the, the company is actually the National Geographic Partners, LLC, owned by 
Disney World. And I did a little bit more research to find out that the executive of National Geographic is, is Gary Neal. And, and I'm going to be passing out Gary's email address <laughs> and his phone number. Maybe a few of us can, like, just in a Christ-like manner, remind National Geographic Partners, LLC, that Jesus is the all-time hero of all time. I'm, I'm kind of shocked. I'm kind of saddened that the media values Buddha more than Jesus. And obviously, Gary Neal and their partners have have never read, read what I consider a fabulous piece written by Dr. James Allen Francis called One Solitary Life. He was born in an obscure village, the child of a pheasant woman. He grew up in another obscure village where he worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30 when public opinion turned against him. He never wrote a book, he never held an office, he never went to college, never visited a big city, he never traveled more than 200 miles from the place he was born. He did none of those things, usually associated with greatness. He had no credentials but himself. He was only 33. His friends ran away. One denied him, and he was turned over to his enemies. He went through the mockery of a trial. He was nailed to a cross between two thieves. While dying, his executioners gambled away for his clothing, the only property he had on earth. When he was dead, he was laid in a borrowed grave through the pity of a friend. Nineteen centuries have come and gone. And today, Jesus is the central figure of the human race. Can I get an amen? amen? And the leader of mankind's progress. All the armies that have ever marched, all the navies that have ever sailed, all the parliaments that have ever sat, all the kings that have ever reigned put together have not affected the life of mankind on earth as powerfully as one solitary life. His name is Jesus. And he's the hero of all heroes. I mean, think about it. This morning on Easter Sunday, billions of people all over the world are worshiping Jesus Christ. From Albania to Australia, from the Bahamas to Bangladesh, from Costa Rica to Cozumel, from Denmark to the Dominion, people aren't worshiping Buddha. They're worshiping Jesus Christ. And this Easter, his name is worshiped around the world, and people are declaring he is risen. He's risen indeed. You see, from, from Ecuador to Ethiopia, from Fiji to Finland, from Germany to Guatemala, from Haiti to Honduras, from Italy to Indonesia, this Easter, People are not worshiping Julius Caesar. This Easter, we are worshiping Jesus, and his presence is felt because he says in Matthew chapter 28, all authority is given on heaven and earth has been given to me. His name is Jesus. Can I get an amen? amen. From Jamaica to Japan, from Kuwait to Kenya, from Lebanon to Liberia, you guys are catching on, from Mexico to Monaco, from Norway to Nepal, people aren't worshiping Julius Caesar. 
They are worshiping Jesus Christ, our Lord. And Jesus said, I am the Alpha, I am the Omega, I am the beginning, I'm the end. Can I get an amen for Jesus this morning? From Omen to Ohio. By the way, there's only one country that begins with O. <laughs> from Panama to Portugal. From Qatar to Quebec. From Russia to Romania. From Senegal to Sierra Leone. People aren't worshiping Constantine. People are worshiping and they're receiving the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And they're finding hope and peace in turbulent times. Because Jesus said... Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Can I get an amen? amen? From Singapore to Slovakia, from Turkey to Trinidad, from Uganda to the United States of America, from Venezuela to Vietnam, from Yemen to Youngstown, from Zambia to Zimbabwe, this Easter we're not worshiping Socrates. We are worshiping Jesus Christ our Lord, the hero of all heroes. Can I get an amen? Amen. And Jesus said, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven and earth given to mankind by which he must be saved. Will you put your hands together and let's honor Jesus Christ. The hero of all heroes. Amen. And I'll give you the address of the CEO of National Geographic as you leave today. I'm going to make this real simple today. Because when I saw the National Geographic magazine, I was delighted. I was even more delighted when next to it there was the magazine called Easter for Dummies. <laughs> now, now, now. You're not the dummy. I'm the dummy. So I've got to make this real simple today, and we're going to look at the Easter story, and we're going to look how God painted a beautiful masterpiece of forgiveness and mercy so that we can be free this Easter Sunday. Can I hear an amen? amen. There's four points that I want you to look at today. We're going to be real quick. I know you've got your lunch, and you've got your brunch, and you've got egg hunts to, 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 to go to, but we're going to look, and we're going to see the crowning achievement, why Easter gives us hope. And there's four points. And, and my, my Easter for Dummies told me just to come up with four points and put them on banners. So I put them on banners. And here's point number one. The undeniable problem. Here's the gospel message in a Cliff Notes version. The master plan of God begins with the acknowledgement that man is separated from God due to sin. And the undeniable problem is that man was faced with sin. And he was separated from God. And God came up with a beautiful master plan that connected man with God. You see, man was self-centered, self-focused, self-fixated, and man was filled with guilt and shame and discord and separation and division and unfulfillment. Zig Ziglar said this, the first step to solving a problem is to recognize that the problem exists. And there's a huge problem in mankind today, and it's called sin. And God decided that he was going to come up with a, 
with an undeniable problem. Man is in need of a Savior. Man is in need of their sins being forgiven. And God came up with a beautiful plan because of the major problem that we have. Listen to this. The gospel is this. Man is more sinful and flawed than we could ever dare believe. Yet at the same time, we are more loved and accepted in Christ than we had ever dared hope. Tim Keller said it right. The gospel is this, that God came up with a beautiful plan to solve the problem, and he decided to pay a sacrifice so that we could be free and solve this problem. How many of you are glad today for Jesus? Can I get an amen? Uh, point number two, here's the unimaginable plan. You'll see the banner behind me. God chooses his only son to die as a sacrifice. See, watch this. This is E. Stanley Jones. By the way, that was Tammy's grandfather. Uh, he didn't say this, but that was his name, so we're going to give him a little credit here. <laughs> At the cross. God wrapped his heart in flesh and blood and let it be nailed to the cross for our redemption. See, this unimaginable plan is a little crazy. It, it doesn't make sense. Parents aren't supposed to sacrifice their children. Parents are supposed to sacrifice so their children don't suffer. And so the crazy part of this plan is God flips everything on its upside down and says, I'm going to do something that no parent would ever imagine doing. How many parents do I have here today? Is there anything you wouldn't do for your son or daughter? I mean, about a year and a half, that reality set in to our family. And as parents, Tammy and I looked at each other and made the decision, we're going to do whatever it takes. There is no limitation on what we will not do to save our children. And today, it's still true. I think every parent in here would join with me to, to, to say, yes, Pastor Scott, I can't imagine having to make the choice and devise a plan to have my only son sacrifice for the sin of the world. And that's exactly what, what Jesus did through the cross. He became the sacrifice so that we could be free. This this past week, I was, I was uh, taking Austin to a doctor's appointment. And I saw something I had never seen before on Howe Branch Road in Winter Park. I'm driving down the road, minding my own business. Austin and I are talking on the way to a doctor's appointment. And the van in front of me had a big poster that was taped to the back of that minivan. I was so shocked at what I saw. I took my phone out. Yes, we were stopped at a red light, and I took my phone out, and I took a picture of it. I've got the picture on my phone. And what I saw just amazed me. 
I wrote it down here. The poster says, our son is in desperate need of a kidney transplant. If you are interested in giving the gift of life by donating a kidney, please call us. I wasn't prepared to see this. I don't mind seeing Trump bumper stickers or Biden bumper stickers. I was not prepared to see this. And when I read that and I was confronted with that, something inside of me just rose up and I said, yes, that's what parents do. If it takes putting a poster on the back of my Dodge minivan, I'm going to do whatever it takes because parents aren't supposed to sacrifice their own kid. They are supposed to save their own kid and do whatever it takes to make sure that they stay alive. And yet God in a crazy way, in an insane way, comes up with an with a unimaginable plan. I'm going to give my son to people who don't deserve it, to people that fail, to people that have got baggage, to people that are toxic and, and they, they hurt people that they love. I'm going to give my son as a sacrifice, and it's an unimaginable plan. And I honor him today for thinking so much for us that he'd be willing to give his own only son. Randy Alcorn said it best this way. Listen to this. The cost of redemption cannot be overstated. The wonders of grace cannot be overemphasized. Christ took the hell he didn't deserve so that we could have the heaven that we don't deserve. And that is the beautiful, unimaginable plan of Jesus Christ coming to the earth and dying for our sins. Can I get an amen for the hero of all heroes? Number three, the Easter for Dummies tells me we've got to have four points. So here's number three. The unquestionable pain. You'll see it on the banner behind me, the unquestionable pain. Here's the cliff notes. Christ was bruised, battered, and bloodied so that we could be helped, healed, and whole. Unquestionable pain. I love this one. Jesus did not come only to make God's love possible, but to also make God's love visible. And I don't apologize today that on Easter Sunday we have a cross that's 40 foot tall. I don't apologize today that on Easter Sunday when many churches are, are abolishing the cross and, and, and avoiding the crown of thorns, I don't apologize for having behind me a, a cross and a crown of thorns because what Christ did for us is his greatest crowning achievement and what he did gives us hope. And we need to be reminded today of the unquestionable pain that Christ went through on Calvary's cross. It was spiritual pain because he was separated for the first time in his life from his heavenly father. It was physical pain. His body was broken and bruised so that you can be well, but his pain was also emotional pain. He cried out, my God, my God, why? 
Have you forsaken me? If you're like me, there's maybe been a time in your life where you, just like Christ, you've cried out that same question, why? Why do I have to go through this? Why am I facing this? Why did this happen to us? Why did this happen to me? Why am I going through this? And Christ identifies with that question because he asked it himself, why? His pain was not only physical, it was emotional, and it was spiritual. Christ wore that crown of thorns and died on that cross so that you and I can be free. You want to know why Christ is my hero? Christ is my hero because he wore a crown of thorns. I don't want to jump on too much the Queen of England because she's had a rough couple of weeks. But I did some research. You know the Queen of England, her crown cost 40 million dollars. You want to know why Christ is my hero? He didn't need a 40 million dollar crown to declare who he was. He didn't wear a Rolex. He was my kind of guy. And he wore the crown of thorns to display to the world that the unquestionable pain that he was going through was worth it. It was worth it for you, and it was worth it for me. Can I get an amen? Amen. You see the cross and the crown of thorns makes possible the tomb. You see, we want to we want to jump to the we want to jump to the tomb. We we want to get to the good part. We want to get to the Hallelujah, he's risen part. Can I remind you today that you don't get to the tomb without going to the cross and wearing a crown of thorns. The cross and the thorns make possible the victory that we're going to enjoy today because there's an empty tomb. And I'm glad that Christ wore a crown of thorns for our sake. Diedrich Bonhoeffer, one of the great theologians, said this, the deep meaning of the cross of Christ and the crown of thorns is that there is no suffering on earth that is not borne by God. And the unquestionable pain that Christ went through was so that you and I can be free today. Free indeed. Free indeed. It's made possible because of a crown of thorns and a bloody cross. Can I get an amen? Uh, number, number four as we wrap up here, the undefeatable purpose. Christ is victorious so that you can be victorious. Sin is defeated. Death is conquered. Man is forgiven. Christ is victorious. And you are more than a conqueror. Watch this. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, Pine Castle, let nothing move you. Stand firm. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor is not in vain. The victory that we celebrate today on Easter is made possible because of a crown of thorns and a cross and an empty tomb. And Christ says to you and I today, I give you living hope 
And it's because of the undefeatable purpose. Jesus Christ is undefeated. And he's victorious. There's a story of a boxer who goes into the the boxing ring. And it was a a million-dollar purse. Winner take all. Now, for those of you who don't like boxing, that just means that that whoever wins the battle gets the million-dollar check. So this guy goes into the ring, and they fight for 12 rounds, and they're going at it. And, I mean, it was bloody. It was ugly. And finally, uh, the one man was was, uh, acknowledged that he was the champion, and he won the million-dollar prize. He was the conqueror. Well, he took that check. He got dressed, and he got in his limousine, and he went to the back home, and he, he, he was greeted by his wife. And that conqueror was a very wise man. He quickly handed the million-dollar check to his wife. Watch this. The boxer was the conqueror. The wife was more than a conqueror. (laughs) Now listen. This is the message of Easter. This is the living hope that I talked about in 1 Peter chapter 1. Christ gives us a living hope because he was a conqueror. That makes you more than a conqueror. Christ defeated sin, death, hell, and the grave, and he gave you the victor. And so now, as believers, we can walk in victory, and we can be more than a conqueror because Jesus was the conqueror. There is nothing in life that you can't defeat because of Christ. There is nothing on this earth that you can't be victorious over because Christ made you more than a conqueror. And the message of Easter is that God wants you to go beyond the egg hunt, go beyond the brunch, and begin to declare that this is a new season. This is a new day. It's a new day for America. It's a new day for Pine Castle. It's a new day for my family. It's a new day for us to step up. It's time to rise. It's time to become the conqueror that God has made us and to walk in victory. That would be a good time to say amen. We're coming out. We face as a nation the greatest pandemic known to man, and we're coming out victorious. We're coming out more than a conqueror. You know, when Christ came out of that tomb, he came out with something. And I'm wondering if you know what he came out with. I'm going to tell you. When Christ came out of this tomb victorious, the Bible says that he walked out with keys. They were keys to death, hell, and the grave. And guess what Christ does with the keys that he walked out to? He didn't put it on his belt buckle to make him look important. You ever seen those maintenance guys? Patrick is here. Patrick's got, like, he's got five sets of keys. My policy at this church is I, don't want, I want one key, the key to my office. So Patrick is the big guy. He's got all these keys, and he shakes them around. Huh? 
You ever seen the school, you know, custodian, they got all those keys. And guess what? Christ doesn't walk out with keys for him to hang on his belt to make him feel good. Christ walks out with keys to hand to you. See, he's given you the keys to the kingdom. He's given you the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And he wants you to be more than a conqueror. He was the conqueror. You are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. And my question to you is, are you going to take the keys that he walked out with and live in victory? Are you going to be a conqueror or are you going to be more than a conqueror? First Peter says that because Jesus Christ rose from the dead, he gives us a living hope. And it's time for us to rise. I'm going to close with this. There's an old hymn of the church. Old Easter hymn of the church. It's, it, it's one of my favorite. Up from the grave he arose. I love this. With a, with a mighty triumph over his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain. And listen. And he lives forever with his saints to reign. What's God's word for you today? God wants you to reign with Christ. God wants you to take the victory that was won on Calvary's cross and won when Christ walked out of the grave. He wants you to reign with him. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain and he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose Heroes, hallelujah, Christ arose. In just a moment, we're going to close. And I, I felt in my spirit, I wanted a word that would, that would take everything about this beautiful story and put it in one word. And God's going to give us a word just at the very end of our service today. But I'm telling you, it's time to reign. It's time to move forward. It's time to move beyond. It's time to come out. It's time to, 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 to live with the keys of victory that Christ has given us. He arose. He arose. Thank God. Hallelujah. Christ arose. The word for today is rise. Rise.
got a word for you. Rise. Arise. 
Isaiah 6, he says, Arise, shine, Pine Castle, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen on you. I declare to our nation, it's time to rise. I declare to this church, it's time to rise. I declare to my family today, it's time to rise. Christ was victorious, and he's given you the keys. Take the keys and live a life to honor him and be more than a conqueror. When you came in today, you were handed a, a beautiful card. If you'll take that card just for a moment. And Tim, if you hand me, hand me my glasses, I, I, I got to. Take, take the card that was handed to you. You'll, you'll see that it's. I want you in just a moment to take a pen or take a, a marker. And I want you to put your name and sign this as a declaration today of your commitment. This is, this is going to be your prayer today. I want you to rip it in half and I want you to take one with you. And then I, this is what I want you to do. And we're going to remove the rise sign and move it to the side in just a moment. And you can come up to the cross today and end our service by taking the card with the hole in it. And I want you to put it on the crown of thorns. I want you to go as you leave today and, and, and put it on the crown. Place it, place it at the cross. This is your prayer. This is my prayer today that we're going to reign in life. Here it is. God, thank you for thinking of me and devising a beautiful plan to rescue me from my sins. I realize you sacrificed your only son as a substitute for my sin. I accept your gift and acknowledge my need for a Savior. This Easter... I am filled with gratitude and appreciation for your grace, and I will live my life to honor you. It's time to rise. Would you bow your hearts with me and let's pray today? God, as a, as a nation, we have been through a turbulent season, filled with division, discord, political unrest, uncertainty, loss of life, loss of hope. But we're grateful today that on Easter 2021, we are filled with a living hope because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. God, would you help us to rise? Would you help us to move forward? Would you help us, God, to live in this world to honor you to the best of our ability. We accept your gift. We acknowledge that we need a savior and we take the keys of death, hell, and the grave and we will carry them to be more than a conqueror in this life. Thank you. We receive it today and we celebrate the word rise as we move forward into our living hope. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's wonderful people said amen and amen. I want to thank, yeah, let's give the King of Kings, the hero of all heroes, a round of applause. He's worthy today. It's 11.42. You get out before noon. Listen, go to the cross in the lobby. Come up to the front. Place your car to the cross and live in victory. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Go and sin no more. Happy Easter, everyone. God bless you.